Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. This is the John Oakley Show podcast. All right, away we go. Here it is. It's the panel part of the program. Topics worthy of discussion. Joining us in studio, Stephen Holliday, the deputy mayor and counselor for Ward 3 at Tobacco Center. Happy New Year to you, Stephen. Happy New Year to you. Good to have you in uh, in studio. Andrew Cash is joining us for the first time, the former NDP MP for Davenport and co-founder of the Urban Worker Project. Welcome aboard, Andrew. Good yeah. to have you in uh, the studio this yeah, afternoon. Thank you. It's great to be here. And Peter Sherman rounding out the panel, broadcaster, businessman, and former conservative MPP. How's Sherman doing? Ah, uh, Sherman is just fine and has been active during the holidays, as you know. Yeah. And uh, and I wish you the best for 2019 and notably health. All right. Well, I appreciate that. And we return the sentiments as well. You know who's actually doing really well in 2019? Uh, we see this posted every year. By like January 2nd lunchtime, uh, a Canadian CEO will have made more money than the average Canadian worker. Uh, Andrew Cash, I've got to turn to you <laughs> as a first offering because this is this is my law bomb. You're giving me the easy one first, right? Yes, I yeah, am. Yeah. Uh, well, is there something wrong with that equation? Well, look, you know, if we if we just... Step back, and let's go maybe way back, 1950, the, the, the discrepancy was 20 times. So mm. the CEO was making 20 times what the average worker was making today, a thousand times. You know, we're talking about, about uh, people working really hard right now, many people working more than one job, and still not being able to make ends meet. I think that, that we've got a real problem here. Well, it's interesting. Coincidentally, Fraser Report, uh, you know the Fraser Institute, mm-hmm. they came out with a report earlier today saying that uh, people in these positions that are, you know, highly sought after, the global economy uh, does require talent in various and sundry, including, you know, at the top of the pinnacle, uh, the the pyramid, rather, and uh, these CEOs, you know, can draw the big salaries. It's a competitive market. Stephen Holliday, do you think, therefore, uh, when we have these comparisons... You know, nobody ever points out, for example, why athletes, what are they making? Like William Nylander, he's got one goal this year, he's making $6.75 million. I mean, you can argue he's not worth it either, right? Well, those are excellent points. But, you know, part of my work, I sit on different boards, and we have to do this. We have to set pay for the CEOs of the agencies that I'm involved in. It's not an easy thing to do. But you look at what the market is for the for this type of talent, and the point you made is exactly it. It, it. it it you know it's a small pool of people that can do this job, and there's competition in the industry, whatever the industry may be. So the old saying is is you get what you pay for, right? You, you've got somebody in there performing a job. They are doing leadership. They are doing change. They are making uh, financial returns on the company, or whatever it is that you require them to do. And uh, these people earn this money, and they know that if you're not willing to pay them, there is somebody else out there that is that is going to do that. Boards go through this process. They talk to people with expertise in this. They understand what the market is. And even the shareholders of these companies expect that you're bringing the right type of talent in there to lead the corporation that they've invested in. All right. So in other words, Andrew, uh, times have changed appreciably in this particular market for talent sure. since 1950. Sure, sure. except that, you know, CEO performance hasn't necessarily been tied 
to what the actual companies have been able to do. We see we see companies that have lost money, that have uh, you know their market shares gone down, their market values gone down, and yet CEOs still continually, you know, it's like an upward spiral. Right. You know? And 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 there there is a disconnect. There's also a disconnect when we look at it with regards to the stock market. And and how the rise and fall of the stock market, and, and while the CEOs continue uh, to have their salaries augmented, so there's not a real connection between performance uh, and and output. All right, Sherman, let me get you in here. You've been quiet for a few moments, <laughs> and that's bad, a rarity. Too so bad, too bad, so sad. <laughs> I'm just listening to this, you know, and, I, and I'm just meeting Andrew Cash for the first time, and I'm sure you're a wonderful guy, but none of that <laughs> stuff has anything to do with this. This this is a competitive pool of people, and um, are they worth it? I'd say no. However, when you are looking for that guy or that gal, and there are three to choose from, and there are five companies or 10 or 25 or who knows how many competing for them, and one wants to pay $25 million, and another wants to pay $100 million and so forth, that's what you're going to get. And, and you, John, raised the issue of a sports star. You could say, how much does Julia Roberts get for a movie? Like it's tw- it's thirty million dollars for a movie. Who's worth that? How much does Stephen Colbert get to host the uh, late night show on CBS? I think it's it's twenty million somewhere in there. Who's worth that? The answer is the one guy that people are going to look at, the one person who's going to get the attention. So f- it's it has nothing to do with fairness. It doesn't really have much to do with the stock market. It has to do with who you think is going to run your company best, and it has to do with star power. Well, I, there is a piece, though, to CEO compensation that we haven't talked about, and quite often it is tied to performance, and that's a mere fact of it. If your company is making hand-over-fist money and you are delivering the returns of the dividends to the shareholders, CEOs often get a piece of that. And I suspect some of these top-ranking and top-performing and top-earning CEOs are getting a piece of the pie, and rightfully so, because that was what they negotiated as part of the deal. So the good ones are the good ones, and they make a lot of money. The bad ones are down at the bottom of the list. They don't get any money. And you know what they do? They get fired if they don't do it properly. Well, that's true. I mean, in a perfect world, that's the way it works. Yeah, but, uh, you know, but maybe the, the real question is wages have not gone up. For the, for the regular worker. Well, you know what? I can appreciate that. I wanted to get to that in a second. I just wanted to point out, if we're talking about, you know, the volatility of, say, uh, the share price, there was a, a bloodbath of sorts on the, the markets today. Apple plummeted 8%. And this uh-huh. is news out of China because of uh, weakening growth and trade t- uh, tensions. And so uh, other China-sensitive stocks like Boeing, uh, Tiffany, John Deere, Qualcomm, all took a drop as well today. Uh, and this is what they say is uh, something to do with the trade tension. So I, I just wanted to pivot here for a second and wonder if Donald Trump has taken credit for the stock market blowing through 26000 uh, late last year, if it's down now around 24000 or under twenty four, I guess, uh, is it on him as well, Andrew Cash, or is this something that uh, he can't take uh, the good news and uh, take credit for that, nor should he be blamed for the bad news? Well, I think it's more what you just said. He can't really take credit for, um, you know, a raging stock market when it was raging. And and the fact that it's it's going the opposite direction, though, has a lot to do with the trade war that that's, that's engulfed essentially the entire world. Uh, and so, yeah, I, I think that uh, some of what Mr. Trump has said publicly and some of the policies pursued 
has caused a lot of instability, a lot of un- unsurety among among businesses. Right. All right. And so uh, if he's done that, then I guess he could take or I guess. He should take responsibility <laughs> or blame uh, for where the market. But look, the market is only one thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, I wanted to ask, because you brought up wages, what are the critical metrics to gauge the health of an economy then? You know, because uh, oftentimes when you see uh, well, here in Ontario, I know the Liberal government, the previous government, used to say, well, we've created mm-hmm. X number of jobs. Uh, well, what kind of jobs? Public sector jobs? Part-time jobs? What about wages? Wage- wages are stagnant. Uh, Peter Sherman, I'll put the ball in your court. What do you think the metrics are to uh, gauge a healthy or a, re- a robust economy? I think the first thing is uh, the, the uh, gross domestic product. So if you take a look at Canada and the forecast for the current year and give or take where we were last year. We did reasonably well last year. This year, we're we're hoping to get 2%. The United States, and you were asking a question about Trump before, they're looking at 3 to 3.5% this year. Uh, The other metric that is important is, uh, well, there are two. One would be the unemployment rate, which is low in Canada and way low in the United States, under 4%. Uh, And and, um, then there's the earnings, and earnings are rising U.S. side, and I can't give you the Canadian figure because I don't know it, would be in excess of 2% uh, per person per year. So from an economic point of view, take the stock market away as a gauge. You've got a thriving United States. The stock market, and I'm an investor, and, and I own Apple, and it's, it's worth less today. I went out. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you an example that's personal because I think it, it um, covers a lot of people. They issued, Apple issued a warning the other day, that they were going to miss their profit targets by a country mile, and it had largely to do with uh, shipments coming out of China, which relates to trade, and it largely also had to do with the release of three new Apple X versions. I went out last year, needed a new phone, I bought an Apple X, the one that was that was available then. And uh, if I, they, they approached me this year and said, you want to trade in your Apple X, which is barely a year old, we'd love to have, uh, have you upgrade. Upgrade to what? Something that's an inch larger? What do you want for that? Give us back your phone and give us uh, six hundred, seven hundred dollars. Are you out of your freaking mind? And and that's what this company is looking for. So I think that Apple makes great stuff, and I own a lot of it. I own all kinds of Apple things, and I will continue to do so. But you you can't have that gravy train going forever. Make a car, do something novel. Right. In other words, uh, they're the authors of their own misfortune because yeah. what they've done is priced themselves out of the realm of uh, well competitiveness in a sense because people don't want the product if it's too exorbitantly priced Stephen Holiday well I agree I've, I've, my last phone wasn't an Apple because I've fallen out of love of them and uh, you know I was thinking about uh, this story and, and uh, you know I, I have to wonder if Apple has contributed to its own woes they haven't come up with something novel in a little while and uh, and this is what happens is their prices go down. But I think the stock market is a is a complex thing. It's driven by humans and how humans behave. Uh, and I you know speaking of humans, you want to my gauge of the economy. Drive past any mall and look at the parking lot. And I want to go back to that old expression of bringing home the bacon. I know there are uh, you know technical things that you measure an economy on in the stock market, but watch humans' behavior and and what people are spending their money on. Um, have they got money to drop it into a $1,200 iPhone once a year? That's a great indicator of the economy. People seem to have this money lying around. What was the, the last holiday and Christmas season like in the mall, and how much money did people spend, and how much did they rack up on their credit card? And another example in Toronto in terms of the economy is just the price of real estate. 
everyone complains about the cost of these homes, but yet everyone just seems to be able to continually afford to keep pumping money into it. I, I don't know. I can't afford to buy my house again, but uh, it is what it is. But um, there is money out there, and that is a sign that things are working. And when these, um, maybe these disposable income type things that people spend money on begin to disappear, that's when people will notice in their own lives and in and, and lives of people around them that the economy is heading the wrong way. Well, yeah, and some pundits are saying uh, we're ripe for a recession or at least, uh, you know, uh, a pullback in 2019. And, and Trump will wear it. Well, because, you know, right, it, it, people are very simple about that. That's right. He wants to take the credit for a red-hot economy, and if it turns ta- the tables turn the other way, I think that will be his undoing as well, president. How's that I don't fare? agree with the John. i got to tell you, I don't agree with Stephen at all. I think if Trump wanted to take credit for 26000 in the Dow, then uh, then he gets credit for that, but he also has to wear 22500 in the Dow today. And I don't think either thing is true. Does a president have uh, something to do with an economy? Every president does. But the president doesn't create the stock market. Uh, sentiment does. Feeling about the way things are going. Sure. We have, we have had a, a bull market for 10 years. So at some point, it's going to take a pause. Right. And the pause is going to be... Um, between the drop and the recovery, probably three years. Right. It's psychological is what you're saying. We have to take a pause, yeah. uh, more so than Trump. I'm just wondering how that augurs, too, for Justin Trudeau's uh, re-election prospects come October 21 of this year already. Uh, when we come back, though, it's interesting because uh, when we talked about wages earlier as one of the metrics of a healthy or robust economy, uh, I've got a question surrounding that in just a moment that has to do with immigration as well. We'll get to it as another topic worthy of discussion with our panel, Peter Sherman, Stephen Holliday, Andrew Cash on the Oakley Show, Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. Even though labour markets are tight, um, it's not leading to raises for the average worker. And so that is the other side of this equation, driving this gap ever higher, unfortunately. Thanks for listening to the John Oakley Show podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your on-demand audio. 